0: Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. What a beautiful day out there. right? But Let's pray. Father, thank you for your Thank you for your love and for your word and for just being so faithful to us. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you speak through me this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So this beautiful sunshine. we got the fair going on. <laughs> we got all kinds of, of goodness flowing around us, and so I'm excited. I love the fair, by the way. So we actually went yesterday because normally um, I go with Linda, and she's going to be so busy with work the only day she had so we we're gonna miss the entire fair so we're like you know what let's go to let's go today it was like yesterday let's go today and let's let's just enjoy it and and have a great time and i did i remember going when my kids was little like i like i've been to that fair for this is like my 24th or 25th year straight and so so um i remember walking around with my kids you know what? It's a lot cheaper with just me and Linda <laughs> than carrying around four kids. Like when we first started going to the fair, it was, it was like an ordeal, man. I was like, <laughs> like I need to take out a, a loan or something just to go, you know. So, I was like, woo, you know, what a deal! It's like everything's like twice as expensive, and it's still more defor- more affordable. So, but it it was fun. But I remember seeing, I can see my kids' faces as I walked through, and, and um. When I'd met Linda, um, I one of the places I remember seeing her before we were together was at the at the fair, and so it's a place where we kind of have a lot of lot of history. But as I'm walking around, I was like, I'm seeing all these things change, and like it's changed so much, and it's not near as big as it used to be, and there's not some of the buildings like are even gone. I was like, I ain't that old where buildings disappear, am I? You're right. And so, so I remember, like, when I first first come to Washington, like, there's places where they were pastors, and now there's all kinds of buildings and houses, and it's amazing how much things are, are, can change, but the fair's not supposed to change, <laughs> right? The fair is supposed to stay the same, and so we're walking around, and it's kind of, I was kind of like just, meh. I go up, I usually, I used to get these um, barbecue beef sandwiches, Right that the Shriners put on, and when I first come up here, the guy that brought me up for, up here from Oklahoma to to train cutting horses, actually he introduced me to that, and he passed so i uh, last year they didn't have it, but this year they did, and I walked by, and it made me remember him and then we now me and Linda go get gyros right, and you got a lamb, behold the lamb, it was good too. I told Linda I was like, if this is all we get, it's worth every dime, right, and so getting the Giro and then um. We went and watched the horses, and um we're in there, and um they're talking about all the breeds and riding the horses through and around, and then they bring these teams in, and there's these like Clydesdales, and there's six horse hitches, man, and they're in this arena like this arena' is not little, it's probably like by a hundred by two hundred. But, like, these big old hitches, these guys <clears throat> are driving all these horses, and they're going, gee and ha, and I thought it was yee and ha, not gee and ha, but I, I was, never mind, it's a cowboy thing, right? And so they're going through the cones, and, like, it was amazing just watching them, and then they take these horses, and they have to back the wagon up, and then they back the wagon up, and the whole team has to move to the side, so it can be out of the way and then they have to move them back and then they have to move them over here. And as I was watching those horses, I was like, man, those horses are broke. I actually had the team that won actually on their victory lap. One of the horses took off and went into a wall. <laughs> and I was like, that's not really how you want the victory lap to go, right? With your lead horse running into a wall. But it takes every horse. I watched it as these horses, the back horses would be pushing back. And the middle horses would push back a little more. And then the front horses, though, they would have to have forward motion and be going around. And, like, one team looked so precise and so on target. I was like, wow, what if believers could work like those horses? What, what if people could get along and work like those horses in symmetry and in, in balance and, 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 just get, um, and just beauty, man? It was something to behold. And then walking around <clears throat> I just walk and I was looking in um after I gyro we walked around a little and I went to get like one of these like you ever see these ice cream bars that are chocolate dipped? Like I went to this little building, I was gonna get one, I was like, Man, that's like half the size. And I'm sitting in line and I get up there and like, Oh, we're out of chocolate. And so like I already sat in line. And Linda looks at me, and she goes, Oh, I'm sorry, honey, and I was like, No, nope. I was like, God's protecting me for some reason. <laughs> I was like, like, I will not complain. And so we walk around and I look over and see this other place and um stop there. And we used to actually go when they were in the old building before they tore it down and get get like our lemonade and not all lemonade's lemonade by the way. Yeah. Right? So so um we talking to the lady because yeah we used to be over there and I was like, Oh cool. I was like, Do you do dip cones? And she's like, Yeah. And she grabs this dip cone out or the this ice cream bar. And it's like this big. It's like three times as big as the one that they turned me away for the same price and dipped it in the chocolate, and I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> like, like, it's God's provision for me, right? And so, so there's a blessing in there. That's a lesson, too. Like, sometimes we look at something and think, oh, well, I'm get, God doesn't like me, or I'm, everything always goes wrong, but what if God's just protecting you? Amen. Right? And so, so that's why I never, if I, we ever miss planes or ever, you know, getting stuck in traffic, I got my friend Teddy Bear. We're driving to him up to um, Ferndale, and, and he's in the traffic, and he's from, he's not used to, get, I guess they don't have traffic in Texas. They have cars, or are they still riding horses? I don't know. But he's like, oh, I got to get there. It's like that stupid Prius. It's always a Prius for us cowboys, right? And that stupid Prius, and I was like, dude, I was like, I've been here almost twenty-five years. I was like, I'm just going to tell you straight up. I was like, the more you get upset at this traffic, the more Priuses are going to hop inside you, <laughs> in, inside in front of you. I was like, you might as well just enjoy the ride, right? And so that's kind of how I think. Like even with the with the um, with my dip cone, I enjoyed that thing. And then Linda's like, you know what? I want to get a uh, corn dog. But all the little corn dogs are, like, store-bought. Like, I could go to the store and buy, it, and they want, like, eight bucks for those things. And we're like, we ain't paying eight bucks. And my wife, as little as she is, she, she's like, I don't want a great big corn dog. And so, like, I already know how this goes, because I usually order a corn dog, too, and then she orders a corn dog. And then I get stuck eating her corn dog and my corn dog before it's over. So I didn't even order a corn dog, right? And so she orders this big old corn dog. It's probably three feet long. <laughs> Right? And, and we sat down, had our lemonade, she had her corn dog, and I'm holding the mustard. And I'm watching people. And for the first time, I was just like, we walked by all the booths. And when I was so young, I used to look at all the stuff, and I was like, I wish I had this, and I wish I had that. And the salesman, like now, I just like, the salesman, salesmen stop me, and they're, they're like, hey, would you like to buy some? I'm just like, no comprende English. <laughs> you know, and just keep, keep moving on. Or, or just like, like, no, thank you. I don't need that. We just got here. We, we try like, like, all those things don't matter to us as much anymore. The things from the fair that, that mean the most to me is the memories I had of when my kids were little, and, and seeing my wife there, and the experiences that I had. But I will look, and everybody was going. They're just going, going, going. We're buying like the little kids this big who had French fries this big. You could <laughs> barely carry them. You can barely see their face because they're carrying them. And, and all these people just moving here and going back and forth. And, and I'm just sitting there thinking, man, I should have got a corn dog. <laughs> but I knew, I know my wife enough because I know as I'm sitting there that pretty soon she's going to eat half that thing. And then she's going to say, I can't eat the rest of this. And do you want me to throw it away, or do you want to eat it? And I was like, and I'm going to say, no, you go ahead and eat the rest of it, or all you want. And she's going to say, no, here you are, and then I'm going to get to eat the corn dog. And it happened, just like I prophesied. I am a prophet. I know know her well enough. But I'm watching this, and I'm just thinking, I'm just like thinking almost outside myself, thinking, why are we doing this? Like, why 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 do we even have a fair? Like, why does it matter if we have buckles and ribbons and if we, if, if we have a dip cone or if we have a corn dog? And it's like, all these people worked hard for their money. They did something for their money. And they, this is important enough for them that they spend their hard-earned money on it. That they show up in droves, man. For a fair, why do they do that? I seen big people, little people, short people, tall people. I seen people who like like corn dogs and people who ha- had gyros. Everybody liked something different. Everybody was going their own way, and everybody, but it looked like everybody was just chasing something. I thought we get into this aspect where we're always trying to get to the next thing. We're tra- always trying to get to the next booth instead of maybe we. Hit, Maybe I like the gyro, but I still got to have my dip cone. Like, the gyro's not enough. And, and But this year, I really was like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy every moment of this. I'm just going to be present. I'm not going to worry about if I have enough money to buy my kids everything they want. I'm not going to worry about if I can get here or get there or get this or get that. I don't need nothing they're selling right there, especially horses. I have had plenty of them. Trying to, trying to go down on that number, right? I was like, man, all this stuff that we chase, really, in the long run, if we're doing it in the flesh, is meaningless. What does it matter? I mean, I love the fair. I'm not saying the fair don't matter. It's great. I enjoyed the fair. But we get to chasing things in in the physical, and we forget that who we are. We forget to live. We forget who we really are, which is a being. And for me, it really made sense. So it made me think of Solomon and Ecclesiastes. See, before yesterday, I thought he was just a dude who needed a lot of antidepressants. Yeah. Right? Anybody ever read through Ecclesiastics? Yeah. Right? You're like, dude, what's the matter with you? Like, like why are you so, so down, man? Like this is a this is like the wisest dude on the earth. In fact, when God took him, he sacrificed all these all these sheep on, on on a mountain, and he he's the one like, we gotta give back to God. And he he's like, You can have all this stuff, what do you want? And he goes, I want wisdom and understanding. And now God gives him wisdom and understanding, and now he's complaining. Not only is he complaining about wisdom and understanding, he's complaining because he's rich. He's complaining because he's got all these wives and all these servants and all these good stuff. And he has so many houses, it's so hard to take care of them all. How, much, how, how many of us get to the point where we have this place in God where we're so excited about God and so thankful for God and want to walk with Him and talk with Him. And then we get caught up in this world in chasing this world, in chasing this world's things, that, that we totally forget that this is the gift of God that He's given us. He's given us each gift. He's given us each assignments. He's given us each hope and things we like. And there's nothing wrong with having all those things. But when those things become our focus, when, when chasing things and finding our pleasure in this world becomes our focus, all it does is is distract us from enjoying who we really are right now when we become like Solomon and we just keep chasing and chasing and chasing and then we never find that peace because that peace doesn't come through stuff or, or experiences, it comes through a person and his name's Jesus. Amen. I love all that stuff. Like, i got a cool house and i got a cool car and I would, I'm thankful for it. All that stuff can go Tomorrow. All that stuff does not matter. It does not make me in a part. It's meaningless. And as I sat on that hay bale, looking out at the crowd, I was like, "Why are we even here?" It's like I guarantee, if OU was playing on the TV, we wouldn't have been there. Or it'd have been on record. Actually, I would have been there because I love my wife. <laughs> I mean, really, why? Not why are we at the fair? But why are we here? Are we just here to work and to pay our bills and and to get lost in this world? Or does God have something bigger in mind for us? Like we get like like the Bible says that this this that, that our time here is like a vapor. Like and we complain so much of the time. What if we get to heaven, we're like, ooh, I wish I would have enjoyed that a lot more. What if I just would have stayed present and enjoyed where I was and what I was doing and let God bless me and let God do it and let Him be the focus and then enjoy, literally, like, enjoy where I'm at, enjoy what God's doing, enjoy what I've got. Instead of always trying to find my peace in people or things or places, because I'm telling you, it's all meaningless. That's what was going on with Solomon. <laughs> it's like it's funny that it takes a fair to reveal that to me. It says Ecclesiastes chapter one, the words of the teacher, son of David, king of Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless. Says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Like, this is the wisest man who ever walked on earth, according to the Bible. And this is what he's saying to us. It's meaningless. Utterly meaningless. Like, not just meaningless. Utterly meaningless. What does man gain from all his labor at which he toils under the sun? Generations come and go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they there there they there they return. I a tongue tied there. All things are wearisome more than one can say. The eye has the eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear is fill of hearing. What has been done will be done again, and what it what has done and what has been being done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new. Is, it was here already long ago. It was here before our time. There was no remembrance of men of old, and even those who are yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow. Like, dude, have you been to your counselor? Have you taken your antidepressants? Right? It's like, like man, maybe you should go visit Hawaii, go on vacation. You you need to take a break because you're working way too hard. He's really he's really going through something, and I thought he was just going through something, but I'm realizing that he wasn't just going through something. He's like, you know what? All this. It's meaningless. I am here for a higher purpose. God has more of a plan for me than for me to just go along and get along and get by. Amen. We can settle into that and we can chase things and chase visions and chase hope, and it's all good when we're chasing the things. I'd rather chase God and trust God. Man, I'm a cowboy. I've, I've seen, I've had bunches of horses, and I've had a few horses. I've had cool cars, and I've had cars that, well, sometimes they run, and sometimes they didn't. Had a truck, didn't have any brakes. I was real young. It's was like, like, sometimes I had brakes, but sometimes I didn't. It was about 50-50. Sometimes we would stop, and sometimes we'd go through the intersection with cars honking on it. But I had to get where I was going, so I went, right? You know something? At the time, I thought that was the coolest truck on the planet. Except for when we went through. 50% of the time I did. Right? But all that stuff, like, all that stuff's gone. What I used to have, and I worked so hard for it. Really, it's kind of meaningless. But there's things in my life that no one can ever take away. There's experiences and people I've been able to love and places I've been able to go and share Jesus and people who accepted Jesus and people I've got to baptize and stuff. That's the kind of stuff that's like, you know what? That's not going to just have an impact on the things here, but that's going to have an impact for eternity. When I'm going through the store, I smile at someone who maybe is hopeless. Maybe they haven't had a smile or had someone kind to them. In ages, but what if that smile changes their life and keeps them going for another day? I was talking to my friend Teddy Bear and his wife, and and um, we we're talking about how um, when we planted a cowboy church called Stable Beginnings, and we were there five years before we had a vacation. Five years, we would not take off a of service because we were so worried about the church and so worried about. Keeping everything going, and so so, um, the actually the um, my my wife's mom um, died. She actually killed herself. The very same day she killed herself, we had service, and my wife was at church, and everybody was like, "Why are you at church? Your mom killed herself." And she said, "Where else would I be? But with my brothers and sisters and people who love me. That's called wisdom. I only time I question her wisdom is when she married <laughs> me." Right. Other than that, she's pretty smart, right? But we hadn't taken a vacation in five years, and we got this travel trailer, and it was a it was a 1968. It, I don't know why they think the old travel trailers are cool, right? But she's like, "Let's go camp." And we had this old suburban, and, and Linda's like, "Let's let's go camp, and we're going to go over to to um, Leavenworth to the Icicle Creek campground, and we're going to camp, and we're going to get away." And I was like, yes, and we are not going to do any ministry, period. We ain't even going to pray over our food. (laughs) Right? Jesus' name ain't coming out of this mouth. Right? So we get up, and we're going up the pass, and we're getting up Stephen's Pass, and smoke starts coming out of my car. Now, this was, was a 1995... Chevy Suburban that we drove over 300,000 miles. In fact, we put three transmissions in it, but that engine kept going. I was like, as long as the engine keeps going, we're going to keep, keep driving this sucker. And we did, right? We actually ended up blessing someone with it, right? And so, But it was still running. Like, I still see it running around. Like, it's a good car, right? But we're going up this hill, and it starts smoking everywhere. And we get up to the top, and there's, like, water gushing out of the, of the radiator, Now, mind you, it's been five years since we took a vacation. Five years. And the one time we're going to take a vacation, we're not going to pray over our food, we're not going to talk about Jesus, we are stuck on the top of Stephen Pass, cars passing us by, and I'm sitting there. You know what? Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what's going on, but thank you, Jesus. There, you done ruined it. I already said Jesus, and I'm not supposed to on vacation. Have my hood up, and this car pulls in, and this dude gets out, and he's buff, man. Got ca- tattoos all over him. Looks like like Vin Diesel's opponent in Fast and Furious is going to fight him or something, right? I think, oh, great. We're going to get mugged. And so he, he's like, hey. He's like, do you need help? And I was like, obviously, like, like. What does my hood up with water flying everywhere and smoke flying? Say I don't need help, right? And so, so he's like, well, he's like, let me look at it because I've done some mechanic work. He goes, oh well, your radiators busted, and I was like, really? <laughs> and he's like, I tell you what, he's like, why don't we get some water and we'll put the water in in your radiator? And he said, we'll hook the trailer onto my truck and I'll take the truck down the hill for you, and I'm thinking, yeah, I don't care about this trailer, but my wife does, and you're going to keep on going with my trailer, I could just see how this was going, right, so I was like, okay, he's like, well, you can ride with me, so I was like, okay, so I got it, we hooked up, and we're going down the mountain, and he just starts talking, and the Holy Spirit starts, I was like, I'm off, I'm not supposed to say anything, I am off. And so for about two minutes, I argued with the Holy Spirit. And he says, like, tell him this. And I was like, like, bud, I don't know who you are, and I'm not crazy. And please don't kill us and leave my trailer on the side of the road. But I just got to tell you this. I was like, God's got a great plan for you. So you might not think it. You might not see it. You might not even realize how much he loves you, but he loves you so much. And the guy turned to me with his face, and he just broke down crying. It's like, Jesus, this ain't part of the deal, but I'll take it. And he's like, wow. He literally, I thought we needed to pull over because he was sobbing so much and goes, let me tell you something. He's like, my girlfriend broke up with me three days ago, and I've been so heartbroken that I thought, you know what? I'm going to go over that mountain, and when I get up on the top and on the other side, I'm going to kill myself. And he said, as I drove up over the top, I saw you. And I saw you broke down. And we drove down. Got to lead him to Jesus. Got to get him hooked up in a church. He helped us with our trailer. But I thought, wow, God, thanks for running my vacation. But it really, it made it. And it taught me something really big. Even ministry can be meaningless if you're doing it as a job. Telling people about Jesus, if you're doing it out of yourself, can feel meaningless because it feels like it's just a tradition or something you've got to do. What if God has a different plan? I tell you, it's not meaningless when you see the power of God, the Holy Spirit, change people's lives in front of you. You know what it took? Zero effort from us. What are you trying to do? You're trying to do it all in yourself? Trying to. I learned too, as hard as I worked at reaching people for Jesus, all I had to do was go on vacation. Well, maybe we need to stay on vacation. Stay out of God's way and let Him. Do what he does. Amen? I was thinking, you get on to a uh, little farther in Ecclesiastics, and Solomon starts sounding a little more normal. Starts sounding a little bit better. And I love when I get to, to Ecclesiastics 11. 11, one says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for after many days you will find it again. So now, as um, we always sell, uh, being Jewish, we always celebrate like we're in the month of Elul now. I don't celebrate it because it's a tradition. I celebrate it because it reminds me of Jesus. Month of Elul is coming up with the, with the, um, like the song of songs where, where you think about I am my beloved's and he is mine. Right? And it's about having that whole month to have a love, um, a love affair with the king as the king comes into the field. And boy, it's such a beautiful picture. And so my sister actually asked a rabbi one time. She goes, why is there like a month before Rosh Hashanah? And then at 10 days after Rosh Hashanah comes Yom Kippur, which is the day of judgment, the day of atonement. She's like, why is there always 30 days like before, before this, for, before Rosh Hashanah and judgment? the rabbi says, oh, he says, that's easy. He says, God's mercy always precedes his judgment. You know, so much of the time we have, have it backwards. And so you go out, out around Rosh Hashanah, or there's a couple of days around Rosh Hashanah where they have, it's called the Taslik prayer, prayer. And it's called to cast out. And so what you do is you take bread. Some people say that you take corn and you cast it. Uh, on the water, so it goes back to like when they were in the Nile River, and they used to go and take the corn and cast it into the river, and then when the river would dry up, then the corn would pop up, and you'd have it. But uh, um, from the Jewish perspective, I see it more as from the Toslik prayer, and that's where this actually comes from. And it's called a casting out, casting your bread, casting your cares on the water, and that's what we have to do. So what you do is you go and. You've got to have live water, right? Cause, so actually, um, in Judaism, to the Jewish mindset, you, you're baptized in a mikvah that's live water too, right? Because it washes your sins away. It washes the old man away. And so you go to live water and you throw the bread on the, on the water. And I love this. It also shows us, to me, it also represents going from the natural to God's. Natural to God's kingdom. It's letting go of what you can do and allowing God to do what He can do inside you. Sometimes we hold on so tight to this world and God's like, if you'll just let go, watch what I'll do. You'll trade your natural for my supernatural. You'll trade what you can do for what I've already done. And then you can go forward greater than you than you ever wanted. And so I pulled up the taslick prayer because... Because I love it, I think it's so so powerful. There's actually 13 attributes to God's mercy, according to the rabbis, and, there, and then there's nine of them that that kind of go along with it. but it, it goes um, like this: Who is a God like you? Who pardons iniquity, and who forgives transgression for the remnant of his heritage? He does not maintain his wrath forever for his desires. For he desires to do kindness. He will again show us mercy. He will suppress our iniquities. And you will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Show faithfulness to Jacob. Kindness to Abraham. Which you have sworn to our fathers from the days of yore. And so you read that. But above it's another scripture. And it says, says Lord, Lord... Benevolent God, compassionate and gracious, low to anger, with abounding kindness and truth. He preserves kindness for 2,000 generations, pardoning iniquity, transgression, and sin, and he cleanses. So, like, you just keep that little stuff in mind as you say this prayer. And then you've got the nine attributes that says, In from out of distress I call to God, with abounding relief, God answered me. The Lord, Yahweh, is with me. I do not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me among my helpers, and I will see the downfall of my enemies. I'm telling you, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Are you going to trust you, or are you going to trust God? You can hang on to that, or you can cast it away and let God fight the battle. It is better to rely on the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to rely on the Lord than to trust in nobles. And then you can cast your bread on the water. There's actually another little bit more to it. It's like, they're not short-winded. It's a blessing, right? It's important. Sing joyously to the Lord, you righteous ones. It is fitting for the upright to offer praise. Extol the Lord with the heart. Sing to him with the ten-string lyre. Sing to him a new song, skillfully play sounds of jubilation. For the word of the Lord is just; all his deeds are done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The kindness of the Lord fills the earth. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their hosts. He gathers the water of the sea like a mound. He shows away. He stows away the depths. The deeps vaults. So let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world tremble before him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it endured. The Lord has annulled the council of nations. He has foiled the schemes of peoples. The council of the Lord stands forever. I want to say amen, man. Amen. That's, that's exciting. You know how long a forever is? About as long as one of my sermons. <laughs> right? The thoughts of his heart throughout all generations. Fortunate is the nation whose God is the Lord. To the people he chose as a heritage for himself, the Lord looks down from heaven. He beholds all mankind. For from his dwelling place he watches intently all the inhabitants of the earth. Kind of like I was doing at the fair. Wonder what God does. When he's sitting there, I wonder if he's thinking the same thing. Oh, I want him to be blessed. I want him to have this. I want him to have that. Well, they just know that if they're looking for that for peace, it ain't going to do it. I still want him to be blessed. If you want peace, real peace, you're going to find it. You're going to find it in one place, and that's Jesus. It is he who fashioned the hearts of them all, who perceives all their actions. A king is not saved through a large army. A warrior is not rescued by means of great strength. A horse is a false guarantee for victory. I don't know if they're right about that. (laughs) With all its great strength, it offers no no escape. But the eye of the Lord is directed toward those who fear him, toward those who hope in his kindness. To save their soul from death and to sustain them during famine, our soul yearns for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. From our heart shall, shall for for our heart shall rejoice in Him, for we have put our trust in His holy name. May Your kindness, Lord, be upon us as we have placed our hope on You. And I'm almost done, but not quite. They shall do no evil, nor shall they destroy in all my holy mountains. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. May it be your will, Lord our God, and God of our fathers, exalted God, crowned with 13 attributes, qualities of mercies, that this shall be pre- propitious time before you. And may you consider... The recitation of the 13 attributes of mercy. They're trying to remind God, because the day atonement is coming up, the day when your name's written in the book of the life, right? It's like, who is God like you? Uh, mercy and the verse, who is a God like you, which correspond with the 13 attributes, benevolent God, compassionate, and gracious. We really need that, God. We really need that, Father, that we recited before you, as if we had comprehended all the esoteric meanings and the, and the combinations of the holy names that are formed from them. And the joining of their attributes which one by one shall approach the sweeten the severe judgments that Jesus took by the way. He said, I take in your sins and cast them into the depths of the sea as far as the east is from the west. It was taken on Jesus and so to cast all our sins into the depths of the sea and bestow upon us from them the bounty of deliverance and mercy. Remember us for life. King who desires life. Remember us for life. The Bible says that he came to give us life, and life in little bitty amounts. He came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. He just doesn't bring us life. He is life. There's no one like him. Remember us for life, king who desires life. Inscribe us in the book of life for your sake, O living God. May we merit to attain to Shiva, e- e- Le- ah higher level repentance for your right hand is stretched forth to receive penitence he's like repent turn around change your mind we're in the evil aspect of the verdict decreed against us may our merits be stated before you and may you have forbearance for us for a good amen you know what they're saying say hey you know all those bad things throw them away remember what the good things we do right it doesn't matter how many good things you do or how many bad things. Your good's never going to be good enough, and your bad's always the worst. But the finished work of Jesus will stand, and it will stand forever, and there's no way that that's meaningless. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. be acceptable, blah, blah, blah. I'm stuttering, sorry. Meditation of my heart, be acceptable before you, Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. And then you take the bread and you cast it on the water. It's a vivid, it's a vivid illustra- illustration. It's a vivid picture. You're watching your sins floating down the river. And in, and in, in place of that, guess what we get? We get righteousness. We get peace. We get love. We get hope. I'm telling you, whatever we do in the Spirit, whatever we do, stew it out of that, and then it won't be meaningless. Amen? Amen? Father, thank you for your word, and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.